everybody, welcome to Short Term Memory. My name's Jack. And my name's Colin. Hi Jack, what are we talking about this week? Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Elvis Presley, but before we get there, I'm going to stick this in at the beginning. See if you like what we're doing, it would be really helpful if you could just stick a wee, a wee five-star review in. Maybe even leave a comment if you've got enough time, it does help us, so it does Colin. Yeah, it does. Um, we actually we actually appeared on the, the homepage of Apple Podcasts again last week uh, under comedy. So thank you for doing that. It does feel that. weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot to tell you. Um, yes. It does feel weird saying that under comedy because I don't particularly see either of us as comedians, but that's just where the where the show falls into. But yeah, it is making a difference. If you go to comedy and look at improv, we are sitting there as one of the, the key shows, yeah. which is brilliant. And we'd love to see more of that. So yeah, please do leave a five-star review yeah. because the proof is in the pudding. It helps. It really does help, you know, and we're at 95 at the moment. So we're nearly there um, to break break the 100. But uh, 1956, January 28th, which is today, Elvis Presley made his first national television appearance calling you... You're a fan of Elvis. Yeah, I love Elvis. I am. Um, he's I, he's very similar to the Beatles for me, and that I love him and I love the Beatles. But I go through stages of not listening to them, and then I almost seem to discover them all over again and fall in love again. Um, but yeah, he's got such a good back catalogue. Um, there's a lot of gospel stuff. There's a lot of religious stuff that I, I kind of do ignore. I'm not interested in. But other than that stuff, anything that he does, I listen to. Um, I've said this before on pods like this as well that I like singers that have got a unique voice. Uh-huh. It's kind of why I like Morrissey, I like Kanye West, um, I like people that sound different to other people, the Pet Shop Boys, and I think Elvis kind of falls in that category as well. Um, if you hear us Elvis song, you just know straight away it's him. Aye. So yeah, I love him. I've got I threw out all my DVDs a couple of years ago, um, but one of the few ones I kept was the 1968 Comeback Special DVD that I've got. And I've got a couple of little Elvis figurines and stuff in my office and stuff. So, yeah, big fan of old Elvis. He's, he's obviously very closely associated with sort of Memphis, Tennessee, but uh, where Graceland is. But he's actually born in Mississippi uh, back in 1935, and that's when he started to sing and play the guitar. He used to bring his instrument to the school to play gospel music for his classmates. You sort of mentioned the gospel stuff there. Uh, it wasn't actually until 1948 when the future king of rock uh, was uh, relocated basically to Memphis. So again, I kind of found that interesting. I just thought he was born and bred Memphis. Yeah, me too. Um, but I, I did at one point, and yeah, I found it a couple of years ago when reading about him that it wasn't. But like yourself, until I actually found that out, I'd always just assumed that he was Memphis born and bred. Um, I'd like to go to Memphis. I'd love to go and see uh, in Graceland. Um, I think that'd be a really cool place to go and visit and even just see the gift shop and all that sort of stuff and see the all the different Elvis tat and stuff that I bet they sell. I think it'd be great. Um, really cool place to go. Like Obviously now he's like one of the most respective icons ever in music, but early on in his career, a lot of critics sort of mocked him, like his voice and his dancing. Somebody said he cannot sing and his whole performance is crude and disgusting. Uh, that was Dorothy Ricker writing for the Tampa Bay Times in 19... 19- 56 before predicting that in a comparatively short time he will be forgotten unlucky uh, Dorothy and then in 1957 a guy called Paul Coates of the LA Mirror went so far as to write that he'd like to smack the sneer off of Elvis's face and send him out for a haircut so yeah kind of it kind of shows that like 
this is going to be contradictory. We, we love the reviews, and but you can't really pay close attention really to some of the sort of more negative ones if you've got a bit of confidence in what you're doing. So Elvis obviously went, fuck you, Paul, and you as well, Dorothy, and went on to become the man that... I don't love him, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, he was so new, Jack. Though that's the thing, he was he was singing and singing music and making music and dancing in a way that nobody's ever seen before. If you think about the film Footloose, where they the band dancing, yeah. that was pretty much I what the whole America was like Footloose at that point. Because I've never seen it. But... <laughs> oh, you're a maniac! You, should, <laughs> you need to see it. Um, but yeah, the America never seen somebody gyrating their hips before and dancing and singing the way he did it, and they didn't think he was a menace, and they thought he was going to corrupt society. So some of that will went into the kind of reviews as well. It wouldn't just be about how he's singing, it'll be the, the danger they thought that he was causing and how he was going to ruin America. Yeah. Um, the same that happens every generation. Look at the stuff that uh, Marilyn Manson had and all that sort of stuff. There's always something to blame. Yeah. yeah. Ozzy mm-hmm. Osbourne biting bats' heads off and stuff. Yeah, it was actually like a TV appearance that got um, sort of Elvis Presley. I don't know how common the nickname Elvis the Pelvis was, but he was on... NBC's the Milton Bell show and sang Hound Dog, gyrated these hips, and everybody went sort of wild for that back in the day. Where I'd imagine you couldn't show more than an ankle if you were a lady, or whatever. This would have been quite, quite something to see in the telly. And I suppose people of a certain age, parents might think this guy Elvis is going to poison my children's brain. Yeah. Do you know who it was that taught him to do that gyrating hip thing? Uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah, Forrest Gump. Well done. Yeah. Um, the funny thing about we mentioned Graceland earlier on, and obviously it's it's not just a house, right? It's a mansion, which is now it's so big it's now a museum devoted to him. He died there, obviously, in 1977. Taking a job? People, is that true? I think it's. I, I don't know. Apparently, he was eating a hamburger on the toilet. Yeah, that, it seems like some. It kind of just seems like a made-up thing because well, it does seem a bit. Yeah. Um, but who knows? But it's this big mass. If you think about like Michael Jackson's Neverland, this is his version of it, only not as creepy and full of children's toys. Um, but he bought it when he was only twenty-two, Jack. Like, so what age did he sort pop into the? No, he was twenty-one. Right, he was twenty-one okay. when he appeared in that that Milton Berle show. That right. You, Spoke about so a year on from there, basically at least, um, he's made enough money to at least put down a down payment on this mansion. Um, he went on and he did like thirty films during his career and stuff like that. So it wasn't even just he wasn't making just movie money, he was making film money and appearance money and all sorts of stuff. So right. he would have had loads of money, but to buy someone like that at the age of twenty two. Is, is, well, I suppose it's not that mental because there's fucking TikTok influencers now buying it's mansions crazy, and man. moving in together during lockdown so they can still film TikToks. Yeah. So I suppose it's always a thing, but it just seems mental that somebody at 22 could could buy that big place. Yeah, obviously you you mentioned it there, he started in 30 films, but he actually got special permission to postpone his army service due to filming uh, King, King, King Creole. Creole. Yeah, yeah, so he got his army draft in December 1957. Uh, much to the dismay of his fans um, who wrote to the military urging that the hero be excused from service and he was granted an eight-week deferment to finish uh, filming the movie King Creole before starting basic training in March 1958. Presley, it was pretty clear that he didn't want any special treatment. Uh, spent two years in the army, including 18 months in Germany, where he was promoted to sergeant. 
and his service even inspired the hit musical Bye Bye Birdie about a teen idol named Conrad Birdie being drafted into the army. So he, he done his duty, I suppose, but he did uh, get came a, to Scotland as well. Yeah, um, yeah, tell me a bit about that then. So it, it, basically it's the time that he was in the army in Germany was very much his only time outside of America. He didn't travel out of America, he didn't ever perform outside of America or anything like that. Um, so other than Germany, the only other place he's really known to have been is Presswick Airport um, because the army landed there and did some refueling and various other bits and pieces then took off again. Um, so never been anywhere else in the UK but shitty old Presswick Airport and for anybody that's not from Glasgow listening to this Presswick Airport is the shittest airport going it's uh, awful yeah, it's, it's, it's way out in the sticks and I, Scotland. yeah I think it, it was built back in the day as, as an army airport basically and it's because of some weather thing like it, as it doesn't rain as much or it's less prone to snow or something but where it is if you ever I've driven to it a couple of times to like take my mum or whatever for holidays have you ever driven to it and been Hello friends Colin here the looks the charm and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently we've them introduced a £1 tier, where you get absolutely hee-haw, other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them, just because we appreciate life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash memory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. Fogs come down. The fog, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh it's, my god, it's scary. It's horrible. It's like the it's worst drive ever. But I flew over a few times. I flew into it a couple of times, and it's just a shitty, wee, horrible, small airport. Um, and it's very, it's very, very Scottish, and that kind of annoys me. It's got like posters all around it saying that it's pure dead brilliant and stuff like that. Hi, um, I can't get. I'm not that. a fan of all that colloquialism and stuff. It annoys me. It's very knee and yeah, I'm not like fucking shortbread and tart and biscuit tins Kilt, and stuff like that. Yeah, I can't particularly that. get behind it, to be honest. Yeah. He loved he loved bacon and fatty foods, basically. Like he fam- he was famously associated with a sandwich with peanut butter, bacon and banana in it. That sounds not good. He would then pan fry it with butter and then put grilled cheese on top of that. Oh, it just sounds it sounds bad. Like he enjoyed deep fried pickles and is said to have once flown from Memphis to Denver just for a massive fool's gold loaf sandwich which involved stuffing a pound of bacon, a jar of peanut butter and a jar of jelly inside a buttery loaf of hallowed out French bread. I I eat not a lot but I eat a lot of shit man but fuck that just sounds, I don't know how all that stuff together tastes good. Do you know what I mean? No, it sounds awful. Like peanut butter, I don't mind the wee scraper of it. Bacon's obviously amazing. I'm allergic to bananas. So the whole thing just sounds awful. Um but he just liked fatty, deep fried, horrible food, didn't he? That seemed to be his thing. 
and eventually it became his downfall, unfortunately. Yeah. He was a fan of guns as well, so he was. He fucking loved a gun. He had loads of guns, he, he, he collected them, and I, I know he had some sort of a license as well that he, he always carried, basically. He always had the monum and stuff like that. Yeah, what did, did he used to... Did he used to shoot targets or anything when he was like practicing his guns? He used to just shoot anything. He used to shoot things on the telly that he didn't like. Like <laughs> he would, like he shot a TV once because there was an old singer on it they didn't like, a guy called Robert Gooley. Um, they basically had to come out after and see the incident was nothing against Gooley personally. He just hated them um, and wanted he just to shoot shot things on a random basis. Yeah, um, it's kind of weird because obviously he married Priscilla Presley. And she was in the Naked Gun, two and a half, the smell of fear, starring alongside to the guy that he'd shot at the TV at. All right. It was just weird. The whole Priscilla Presley thing was weird as well. Like, he married her when she was like 14 or 13 or something like that. Yeah, it was really bizarre, man. Yeah, he, he was a weirdo. Like, he used to take people, well, girls on dates to the local mortuary to look at dead bodies as well. You heard that yeah. one? Yeah, it's all a bit... I'm so powerful, I can do what I want, and we've kind of seen what happens when somebody has that sort of power for to go to mortgages and stuff with Jimmy Savile, didn't we? Aye, that's <laughs> but, it, man. Yeah, fuck. Elvis was not Jimmy Savile, let's not say these things, but the whole Priscilla thing was a bit weird because she was very young. Um, yeah. She was a, like, even in 1991 in The Naked Gun, she was a beautiful, beautiful woman, though, um, but he got with her when she was far too young. Yeah, one of the most, like, sort of uh, requested photos at the National Archive is the one with him and Richard Nixon um, he sort of wrangled this meeting with Nixon in 1970 and he said to the President I'm on your side and he was clad in this sort of distinctive purple velvet suit he actually asked, I'm pretty sure he asked the Secret Service because he was so powerful and he liked guns um, can I just like take my gun so that I can pull it out and then when the picture gets taken I'll have a gun and the Secret Service were kind of like, ah, look, you might be powerful, mate, but like we're talking about the American president here. Of course, you can't fucking take a gun in there. Like, and I'm pretty sure he had like this souvenir badge from the um, Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs, and he, he tried to sort of use that as like, look, I've got, I've got a badge. <laughs> like, that's the only reason he wanted a badge was so that he could whip it out and carry a gun everywhere. I think. Yeah, I'm sure he also asked the the CIA or the FBI at some point if you could work for them. Um, he basically said, like, I've got some time in your albums, um, I'd like to come in and just be an agent for a while. <laughs> they obviously said, no, you can't. No, you're a singer. You're a fucking maniac. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're so you, he thought because he was Elvis, he could he could literally do anything he wanted. He was a black belt in karate, I think. Um, and I think he learned his karate skills uh, in Germany with the army. And it kind of stuck with him, and he did get awarded a seventh degree black belt in 1972. And he sort of supposedly used his knowledge of the fighting technique to choreograph combat scenes in his movies. And he would <laughs> he just show off sometimes uh, some of his moves. <laughs> he would just whip out the karate moves during these concerts, <laughs> which seems like, but it seems like again just like a guy who's not quite right in the head, just going that look. Chop, how they are. <laughs> like, See, well, he was famous for having fun in his concerts, so right, right, okay. there, there was he would often change the words to songs and stuff like that. There was a famous one where he was singing, and there was a guy in the front row that was bald, and he changed the words to one of his songs to sing um, 
do you look at your bald head and wish you had hair? <laughs> <laughs> just ran just to wind up this guy in the front row and stuff. So he he was prone to a bit of madness when he was on stage and mixed things up a wee bit. Yeah, I, I maybe I'm um, judging a, a book by a, a fact that I know nothing about, but I just think it'd be a little bit weird if you were <laughs> went to see a band and he just went, right, watch this. Chop! And just started chopping <laughs> shit up, you know. Pretty yeah. chop. Yeah. Um, his manager was this guy called Colonel Tom Parker, Jack, right? Uh-huh. And he was a horror of a man. Was he? Um, yeah. yeah, he wasn't even a real colonel. Um, but he basically just took massive control over Elvis's whole career um, and basically took half of every single penny that Elvis earned. Half? Um, half, 50%, yeah. And he was famously questioned about this. And his response to it was that what actually happens is Elvis takes 50% of everything that I earn. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, it was a made-up title that was given as an honorary side type thing. He was never actually a proper colonel in the army. And he was Dutch. He, was, he, was, he came from Holland and moved to America. And apparently that's one of the other main reasons that Elvis never ever toured outside of America because there were some questions or jubiety over his ability to get back in the country. Right. Was, should he leave America? Because he was a dodgy foreigner that was up to all sorts, by all accounts. Um, and he's the guy that Tom Hanks is going to play in the movie. So there's, yeah, there's you a mentioned new, that on Monday, though. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a film credit about Elvis, which does look really good. And he's playing Colonel Parker, and Austin Butler's playing Elvis, so it should be really, really good. Yeah, a little bit of sadness. Um, Elvis... His identical twin brother died at birth. Uh, Jesse Garin Presley, he was a sadly a, a stillborn. So um, his life, well, he could have had a wee, a wee twin brother, and it could have been the the Presleys that were kicking about uh, singing songs. Yeah, like the Jacksons, only the Presleys. The Presleys. The Presleys. What's the yeah. what's the plural? What would the plural of Presley? Presleys. Yeah, Presleys. So I don't know why we struggled with that. Yeah. Yeah, just Presleys. Just made an absolute an absolute mess of it. <laughs> Uh, we mentioned his Graceland place and he used to have basically tons of animals on site, donkeys, monkeys, uh, pet and like normal pets like uh, dogs and horses. There was even a, a minibird that learned to mimic strings of profanity uh, while hanging around Elvis and his friends. So his bird would just shout, fuck you. What was that guy's name that he didn't like? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, bang bang. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I can kind of get behind that man. Like, if I had a big massive, I would probably just be dogs. I had, but if I had a big massive playground, basically, it would, yeah, it would be dogs. Yeah. Like horses, I fell off a horse when I was young, and yeah, just never liked them since. They're scary when you see them at the football and stuff like that. They're fucking massive, these big horses. Yeah, like the the police horses are. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're the big ones, you know. Like they're, they're, they're terrifying looking the size of these bastards when you're standing in the subway queue or something uh-huh. and you see them. It's, it's not. It's not I'll good. never, ever, ever walk behind one. I'm just. I've got it in my head that it's just going to kick me for no reason. Yeah. But. Um, nah. But I think you're right. I think if you were going to be rich and have loads of animals, I think dogs is the way to go. You'd have loads of cool dogs. Yeah. I'd also have lots of fish. I'd probably have, if I'd, if I had like a mansion like Graceland, I would, I would have an aquarium room, yeah. which was just full of fish tanks, but other people came and looked after them and changed the water and stuff. Yeah, I've kind of had that million, millionaire fantasy as well, mate, thinking to myself, yeah, I would definitely get them in like once a month to clean it up and I could just look at the nice 
uh, sharks and shit like that. So yeah, yeah. I had an, I had an aquarium for a, a year or two. Yeah, so did I. And I really enjoyed it, but I hated changing the water. Hated mm. it. Um, but I really enjoyed having them. Um, it's a shame actually. I, would, I wouldn't mind getting them again. Actually, I think Lisa would actually murder me if I got more fish. Yeah, it was about four or five years ago. I was the same. Had it for a, a couple of years and. Like the, the wee tiny fish that I got from the shop, after a while they were the only ones that survived and I, I, I did I put in all the like vitamins and changed the water and stuff like that, but I yeah. obviously done something not quite right and within about yeah, I'd say about a year, a year and a half, it was just the wee the wee tiny fish wee tiny that were left there. They just yeah, kept dying quite, shape. I had a fighter fish that I really liked. Yeah, I had one of them. And yeah. a bunch Japanese of wee ones. Fish. Yeah. Yeah, and I had I had little shrimps as well that were good for cleaning the glass and stuff. So I had quite a few shrimps in the in this in the tank as well. Yeah, right. Um, and t- they're weird. They pop like once a month. They pop their skin off. Right. Okay. Um, they just it's weird that they basically shed their skin once a month, but they just go pop at one point. And it all comes off, and it's like perfect removal. And you'd go and you'd see this skin. And I always I used to always trick me because I'd think they were dead. Then I'd poke around a wee bit and realise it was just the old skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. Fish are pretty cool, but they, they do need properly looked after, you know. So I think I'll do this for today um, for short-term memory. So as always, Colin, uh, cheers, mate. Absolute pleasure, mate. Let's do it again next week. Yeah, we sure will. Well, we actually might not. We might be releasing a full-length bonus episode next week. Oh, exciting. So we'll wait and see. But as always, guys, cheers for listening. We will speak to you soon. Bye.